And we are live with a new episode of Lead Off Talk with myself, Caitlin, and joined, as always, by Gabe. Gabe, we're back. How's it going there, buddy? Oh, it feels great to be back. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's the off season. The last time we talked, I think, officially on the podcast, we were doing all-star stuff. And then we did some trick. We did, you know, trading deadline spaces, which was really fun. But then I couldn't figure out how to rip the audio from Twitter to upload it to the podcast. It was was just, it was just a mess. And then, you know, our guardians went on a hot run, and we were like, "Well, I I don't want to jinx it." And jinx them, (laughs) yeah. So, so you know, that was that. And um, so I think that's a good place to start. Just kind of recapping. A little bit of the season, you know, obviously the Astros won the World Series. Dusty Baker finally gets his uh, long-awaited World Series championship as a manager. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'm I'm happy for Dusty. I think everybody is. If you're not, you're not a baseball fan, if you're not happy for Dusty, you know what I mean? All mm-hmm. he's been through in his career. But I fucking hate the Astros, so it's tough. <laughs> it's just everything about the team I hate. But, like, I, I love Dusty, and honestly, the season was great. I think everybody can say that. There was a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, Obviously, being a Cleveland fan, I loved it. Uh, we weren't supposed to make it, and we did. I picked them to make it. So you told me beforehand, this is my victory lap. I did tell you they were going to make the playoffs, and they did. Um, I mean, it's just – as a Cleveland fan, you got to be so happy about the future of this team. We didn't see this coming at all. And here we go. 17 rookies, I believe, played, made the playoffs. We looked good in the playoffs. We just ran into a team where the pitching now did our hitting, which was bound to happen sooner or later. We, haven't, we didn't have a lot of power on the team. Couldn't generate an offense. But at the end of the day, you got to love what happened. And like I said, the Astros won it all against um, – Oh my god! The, I'm trying to the blank. Phillies, who Phillies, geez, it was such a weird team because at the beginning yeah. of the year we're like, why, why are they, why do they have Kyle Schwarber and Nick Cassianos on their team? Right. You know, there was there was a tweet I think I referenced back then. It was just like the Phillies know that you're only allowed one DH, right? And they signed two of them, and then Bryce Harper gets hurt, their best right. defensive outfielder, and he DH. can't play the field. So he's DHing, and Nick Castellanos becomes a pretty solid defender in the playoffs in right field. You know, I mean, they go out and they get Brandon Marsh in center field, but just kind of like a ragtag type of a ragtag type of team with the Phillies. I mean, they fired Joe Girardi in May, and their (laughs) interim manager gets them to the playoffs and gets them to the World Series. I mean, what a what a difference between. Like the ALCS and the NLCS, like the ALCS had the two the two front runners, the Yankees and and the um, the Astros, and then the NL had the Padres, who had to go out and beat the Mets in the in the uh, wild card round, and then had to beat the Dodgers, who I think their record like the past handful of seasons against them were like. 31 and 8. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Like the Dodgers just had their number, but in the playoffs, man, they they got them. So, yep. you know, I, base, baseball's I, a weird I, game. Baseball's I, definitely weird. 
I think the craziest part too, like, just think it, the DH saved the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, without the DH, I mean, they don't, Harper's out for the season. Mm-hmm. He's having surgery. Like, that he saved their season because of the DH and the fact that he could just bat and not play the field, which should have been a field a long fucking time ago, but it finally happened. So I'm not going to complain. But I mean, it just proves right there what the DH can do for teams. It's, it's such a good season. Yeah, I, I agree. And like like you said, I mean, Cleveland, I thought that they would they would just miss the playoffs, but they would be an over 500 team. And I mean, for the first basically was it a six-month season, the first five months, that's basically what they were. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, after that first week in, in September, that homestand against Baltimore and Seattle, they were like one or two games over 500 just barely hanging on to to the lead in the division um it looked like the twins well maybe not the twins but the white Sox were starting to get things going you know they go, they get elvis andrews to play shortstop with tim anderson gone and i mean after that little you know hiccup at, at the beginning of september you know cleveland just went on a crazy run and it was so exciting to watch every single game and the playoffs was amazing you know, I was at game one uh, against the Rays, which was incredible. Uh, I'm sure you watched, you know, game two with Oscar Gonzalez and, yep. you know, what was it, game three against the Yankees, you know, the walk-off. I, I mean, it was just what an enjoyable team to to watch and, and fall in love with. And, you know, if, if you're a Cleveland fan, you, you just got to be proud of, of the effort, you know, Game in and game out, you never felt like they were out of it. Even when they clinched in Texas, that was like a week before the season was even over. And they still had two, like, I think it was like two or three walk-offs that week against the Rays. You know, they were still, they were still playing their game. Right. So. And, and and like, I I know, I don't know how to say this outside. I know people might kill me for this, but like, Obviously, I want to win the whole thing. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody does. But when we when the series ended, I didn't feel disappointment, if that makes sense. Because I, I was just excited for, like, this team for the rest of the, like, the coming years. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, I feel like this year was just a bonus. And I hate saying that because I understand that anything can happen next year. You know what I mean? But, right. like, I don't think any – like, I wanted them to get the playoffs. I didn't expect them to be like this. I expect Andre Jimenez. I mess up his name every time. You get mad at me every time, <laughs> and you should. Um, I'd expect him to be to come out the way he did. You know what I mean? I'd expect. I mean, the only guy I expected to be a god, and I will die on this hill, was Stephen Kwan. And you did. You called him, man. I love that man, and we need to sign him to eight years, four hundred million dollars tomorrow. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, but I mean. It's just the team was special, and I understand they didn't win the whole thing, but like it's there's just a special group of kids, and the fact that this offseason started and we got younger already, and all we did was release, uh, or not resign Austin Hedges yet, or Brian Shaw, and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and get rid of Anthony Ghost, and we just became even younger. It's just amazing for this team, and I don't know, I'm just so excited. Yeah, I kind of um, echo your sentiment, you know, with. I wasn't upset that they lost, but I was sad that this season was over. Like really sad. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I, I just loved watching them 
every single day, every single game, you know, the, the amount of effort and, and care, you know, that, that you could just see on the field and in, in, right. you know, the, the dugout, it, it's kind of like the Cavs, right? The, the Cavs, they play with heart, they play with effort, you know, they were outmanned and outgunned against the, the Timberwolves. They're down 20 with like six minutes to go. And they make it a one possession game with 30 seconds left. Like right. that doesn't happen. And then contrary to, you know, the football team that just fucking gives up, you know, <laughs> right. and it's just like, it's, you want to embrace, you know, the, the teams like the guardians and, and the Cavs, because frankly, they deserve it way more than, than the fucking Browns right now. So yeah. Um, hundred percent. That's why I was. That's why, yeah, and that's why I was like bummed out. Like, I was upset that you know, because I think if they played on that Monday, I think they win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Yankees didn't want to play us. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't want to play us with with Tyone as as their starting pitcher. Right. And I ultimately, I wonder if because obviously they didn't use Bieber on short rest i wonder if because they care so much about him and his future i wonder if that goes into consideration when you know because it it basically seems like he's as good as gone right yeah i I wonder in the back of the in the back of his head he goes you know what they actually care about me they could have even though i wanted the ball like they they truly care about the you know the the future of my career, whether it's in Cleveland or not, like they care about me as a person. So maybe, maybe he's willing to take like a shorter term extension. Maybe hypothetically, I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe that, maybe that, that our, kind of yeah. factors in. I, I I mean, the fact that our GM came out and already said like, we're not trading Shane Bieber. And I yeah, understand people they, like, well, that's yeah, but GM they weren't going to trade like, him. They weren't going to trade him this off season anyway. No, no, I, I agree. But the fact that he even said that, because normally our our Cleveland's way of doing business is like if we can shut our money to make our team better. You know what I mean? I'm not saying just trade it for nothing, but it seems like we never just say we're never getting rid of somebody. Does that make sense? The fact that he said that already, but like you said, I don't think he was ever getting traded this off season. But you are correct. I mean, he's got to look in the back of his head and be like, like this team looked out for me. You know what I mean? And I know Tito gets shit for that. And I, I know everybody wanted to win, but at the end of the day, like a bonus year. So we got to look out for these kids. And he is still, I mean, he's still what, 27 or 28? Yeah. He's the, the ace of, I mean, he's the youngest guy by far or staff. Mm-hmm. And the fact, I mean, I mean, we're not going to get into all the Indian stuff or, gar- sorry, Guardian stuff yet. But I mean, I mean, there's a chance it's just him and Mackenzie with the, and Cal and two young kids behind him starting next year. So it is a, ah. I just I hope this team is so good, man. Especially, I'm just I'm just so giddy about it. And they have, it, it's a weird spot for them to be at because they have so many young players. They still like their best prospects are still in the minor leagues. Yeah, and are still guys that really didn't get an opportunity to play every single day. Like Stephen Kwan was, you know, a Gold Glove left fielder third in rookie of the year had a war of like over four I believe and 
I mean, he wasn't a, a he was what fifteenth, I think, heading into the year, like twentieth. Yep. Like it, it, he wasn't even a top prospect. So, you know, when is when or is Gaber Arias going to get an opportunity to play shortstop like this year or first base this year? If they platoon him and, and Naylor at, at first, you know, what are they going to do with Ahmed Rosario? It seems like you found something in Oscar Gonzalez in right field because, you know, you trade Nolan Jones for, um, you know, uh, for at, at the 40 man cutdown day uh, last week. And people were like, I don't think it was a head scratcher, but it was like, oh shit, you know, like damn. They it, did it. it was like, yeah. And it was a guy that everybody kind of, you know, I mean, he's been hyped up for so long, number one. But he went from being a third baseman to an outfielder. They don't need another left handed bat in this lineup. So it is what it is. And, you know, you have Jose for the for basically the rest of his career. So, you know, you're not, he's just stuck being an outfielder at that point. And right. they didn't play him at first at all. So. You know, everything that was going against Nolan Jones, like everything was going against Nolan Jones beyond that team. Oh, and I yeah, love 100%. Nolan Jones. Yeah, and I think everybody does. But I mean, the position, like you said, being left-handed. Um, and like I said, he's going to, he's going to, I think he's going to, just be amazing in Colorado with just being able to hit the ball as much as you know what I mean out out of the fucking park. He's gonna strike out. But the thing is with Nolan Jones is high strikeout guy, doesn't really put the ball in play a lot. He doesn't really and fit their just, MO anymore. He doesn't fit Cleveland. And then Cleveland gets back a, a young guy middle infield prospect who and what's he do if you look at him? High contact, low strikeout, puts the ball in play. You know what I mean? He's literally what Cleveland what they're all about now. Yep. Which yep. makes you feel like even more like they're really buying into this no this new team mentality. And like I said, I I bet if Nolan Jones was right handed though, it would have been tougher to get rid of him. I if he was right handed, I think he they would have put his ass they play in him first, at first base. They try. Yeah. 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 I think that honestly, I know you're talking about Gabriel Arias, and I think that's a place where he might end up uh playing a lot this year, this upcoming year. I mean, depending on the moves this team make. I mean, you gotta think that they've gotta put a bat there with Naylor, Naylor oh, can't hit yeah. lefty pitching. Yeah, he can't hit and lefty. They got to find somebody, and if they, if they don't go out and get somebody, you could see Gabriel as being that guy. I mean, they try to they put him at first base a lot last year in Triple A. Yeah, and he, I mean, you saw it in the playoffs against the Yankees. Arias was playing first base over Owen Miller. Right, and after that oh, first yeah. month, Owen Miller was just absolutely awful. So, yep. um, but it. it Going back to my like original point, this team has not many holes, I guess. Like, you're not going to get rid of Quan. You're not getting rid of Straw, even though how – like, I feel like last year offensively for Straw was – like, that was the worst we're going to see him. I think at best, he's a 240 hitter, and if he hits at ninth – you're happy with that. And he's obviously, you know, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. I'm, I'll, I'll say, and I don't care. I think he's the best defense center fielder in baseball. There are plays he makes out there look easy that are not That's easy. very true. And, and he makes them, and I don't think Cleveland, even some Cleveland fans don't really like, like he'll make a, he'll make a play in the gap and he'll catch it nonchalantly. And they're like, 
Yeah, that's a good play. I'm like, no, you guys don't understand <laughs> how far he ran to make that look easy. Or like like we talked about during the season, his little his little slides into the uh, to stop like a guy going for two. Mm-hmm. Like you know how far that goes and how much like confidence you give your pitcher when you do that kind of shit. And also, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And then one thing I would say about Straw too is um it's the he's the opposite of what Oscar uh, Mercado was when he had his breakout season and his hit ball rate was so low, a hard hit ball was so low. Well, like well, but it was an outlier Mercado, that I mean, he was hitting yeah. seventy. Yeah, and if you kind of look at Straw's numbers, his hard hit ball rate was actually kind of high for how low his average was, which makes it seem like he was pretty unlike unlucky. Like I said, I don't think he's gonna hit three hundred, but like you said, if he hits two forty, and like I said, if he keep the defense he plays, you put him in your lineup. I don't care. Obviously, he can't be hitting one eighty next year, but if he's hitting two forty, like you said, I mean that's the guy you put in the nine hole and you let him go out there. And nobody's hitting it between Quan and Straw. It just isn't happening. Yeah, and Straw, he was still a the the let's see the eighth most valuable player on this team with a two point seven WAR. Yeah, which made him the fifth. Uh, yeah, the fifth highest position player behind Jimenez, Jose, Quan, and then Ahmed, and then it was Straw at eight. That makes sense. So, and I mean. You know, overall, his numbers, I mean, for a long time, he was hitting <laughs> below that Mendoza line, but he finished with a 221 batting average. It's not, and and I feel like the throw home runs is also a crazy outlier. Not saying he hits a ton, but he's hit like three or four. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I think I think it was just a bad year. He got into a horrible slump and you know, some unluckiness, like you said, <clears throat> usually guys with, uh, who are super fast is batting average of ball and play are usually higher. Cause they're able to beat out some things and it was lower than it was, um, throughout most of his career. So, you know, like I said, outlier, but still platinum, uh, center fielder candidate, um, for, for Miles Straw. And it just I mean, sets yeah. everything up, like that middle of your your defense, because Rosario has developed into a a very solid shortstop. Yeah. Um, we know how great Jimenez is at second, and I think his value with without the shift this year is gonna is gonna show even oh, more. It's it's gonna be ridiculous how how much <clears throat> better he is. But looking at but you know looking at the team, right field is on lock with with Oscar Gonzalez. I mean. You know, he analytically, he might not be great. Like, he might not be great as in, like, he he doesn't walk and stuff like that. But he puts the ball in play, and he puts the ball in play hard. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of live with the outcomes when it comes to that. You know, maybe some years here his, uh, his average will be a little lower or higher. But I think we saw in the second half, and especially in September, you know, the power start to develop a lot, you know, mm, that, yes. that last month of the year, once he got more comfortable seeing pitching and stuff like that. And I'm sure opposing pitchers will, will, um, you know, adjust to, to him and, and his swing pattern. But, you know, I, I, there's a lot of upside for, for Oscar Gonzalez. So I think he has the opportunity to really prove that he's the right fielder of the future, which really, you know, you, you look at the team, 
third base you have unlocked. Shortstop's a question mark, but again, you know, it seems like they're going to bring back Rosario. They offered him his arbitration at what I think nine and a half million. Um, Jimenez is your lock at second. Naylor at first. Finally, having an uh, an off season to to be like, hey, you're not an outfielder anymore. You're a first baseman. Just, right. Just work, work at first it. base, and then <laughs> you know, just have a normal off season. You know, he, he yeah. was rehabbing all, you know, all off season last year without the team after like a, a, a terrible, terrible injury. So you got to think he could be even better. And then catcher, you know, you, you left, you let Austin Hedges go, who I think is great in the locker room. I think he's great at calling games, but offensively he gave you nothing. And I think like the second half of the year was not that good at throwing no. out uh, base runners. So you could obviously improve there, which is why they've been linked to guys like Sean Murphy and and uh, Alejandro Kirk. So you let Luke Mele go, but I think they could bring him back. Um, we saw Bo Naylor for a little bit. I have a feeling that he probably won't start uh, start on the team this year uh, out of spring training unless he has like a Stephen Kwan-esque spring training. Yeah. But really the only places, you know, to, to upgrade are, I think, at first base, a, a right-handed stick who could also DH and catcher. Yeah. And all that being said, and, like, yeah. we're not even talking about, you know, Valera. And we saw a little bit of Tyler Freeman, who I think really showed that he could play, you know, whenever, whenever wherever, whenever uh, last year. You know, we still have Rokio. Like, they have a lot of trade ships. They have a lot of assets, and it should be pretty exciting to see um, what 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 Cleveland could do. Yeah, no, that's and I mean I'm under the belief they go get a catcher. Um, and I also believe I don't know why, and I'm probably stupid. I think they get it done without giving up the top four prospects, and the top four to me is, uh, uh, geez, uh Gavin Williams. Uh, Espino, Espino. Uh, uh, Rokio, Rokio, and uh, Valera. Those are the top four to me. I don't think they get rid of them. I don't know why, but I think in a move, and I love the guy, and you know this, and I know you like him a lot too. But I, I think Tyler Freeman is in the deal. Um, he just seems like a guy that Oakland would like. <laughs> he just seems like an Oakland A, if that makes sense. So, so you're talking about Sean Murphy? Yeah, Sean Murphy. That's why I believe we go get. Um, and maybe they get done without getting top four. I don't know how, and I'm probably an idiot for thinking it. I just think it happens, and I think it's, in my opinion, it's a it's a package that includes uh, BB, 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 yeah, I don't know how you pronounce his name, BB, and Freeman, and then obviously more is added. Um, so I think that would be us giving up like our sixth prospect, and I think Freeman is Freeman still top 10. Um, I know. I'd be six last time I looked. I, but either I, way, I think I, I think it's a package of those two, the headliner, the head, the head ones, and I think we add more to it. But and I don't know, maybe it doesn't happen. It just feels like this is the fact that the Nolan Jones deal bringing in a, another shortstop it just makes me believe that they're going to trade from that surplus we have 
But again, like you said, like whatever happens with him, I'm just so excited with him. And who whoever they get for first base, catcher, or anything like that, they keep the core together. It's just gonna be it's another special special group we got going on here. So let's see. Okay. Well, I'm on baseball trade value. Though. Okay. And so I put in Sean Murphy. So Sean Murphy is a total value of 51.3, which is okay. pretty, which is a lot. Um, <laughs> so Cleveland, let's, let's find. So you said Bybee. Okay. That's 10.9. Who else did you say? Freeman. Freeman is a 12.6. Um, and then you got to think they could trade. Like, do you think they throw on like a Jose Tina with them? Hmm. I don't know how many shortstops they plan to give up. I don't know what I mean. As much I want to say they give up, they would try to give up one of the pitchers in Plezak or Savali. But I don't see Oakland taking on, I think, 4.2 for Plezak or 3.3 for Savali, what they're doing arbitration. I just don't see Oakland take it on that kind of money. So I feel like they would have to deal one of the one of the four. One of the four. Yeah. Because Valera's twenty nine point six. Williams is twenty eight point four. Rocchio's twenty one point three. I don't see them. Um, I don't think. I don't think Bo Naylor's in it. No, Oakland. They got the catcher last year back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is it? Langley's. Shia Lavaris, or yeah. whatever. How you say his name? I think Langley's, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that <clears throat> that could definitely. I think they would have to do one of one of the four. They could throw in Freeman. They could throw in Bybee. But I think they like – I don't think they want to give up the pitching. I don't either. But – and the thing is, it all comes down to – Maybe like – and, and, and maybe I don't like, want them to trade Valera. Yeah, they could, they could trade Bybee, Freeman, and Valera, and that would be – that would be it. They could trade know. Logan T. Allen, Bybee – Freeman and Rokeel, and that would work. Um, but yeah, it's I just Valera maybe, scares me. Maybe given Savali. Up, we haven't had a, an outfielder like that. Yeah, that's right. I I want Savali has a in. has a fourteen point four value. So I but the I thing want, we come down to is Oakland take on money. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, what I is don't the exact value? Just wondering. Is it uh, in the five. single digits? It's okay. Fine. <laughs> it wasn't that makes it sense. wasn't much. Okay. <laughs> so um but yeah, that would that would be it. And I believe you'd get three years of control with him. Now on on the flip side, Kirk from Toronto, you get four years of control with him. What's his value? Uh it's like thirty something. It's like th- no, oh. it's like thirty something. Because I don't think they value him as a good defender. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Because, like, his pop time's pretty poor. But I think 
uh, Alejandro Kirk move is if you really believe Bo Naylor is like a half season away from being really good. Because then you because then you have your DH at times with Kirk, and then you kind of platoon him and, and Naylor um, at catcher. Like it, like your ideal right-handed lineup would be, you know, Alejandro Kirk and then Josh Naylor and Bo Naylor, or it'd be, it'd probably be like you'd probably switch it, so it would be like Josh Naylor, Kirk, and then Bo Naylor, like some type of, you know, right, like lefty righty lefty type thing, or I mean, like that. Think about this. Think about this lineup. Maybe you hit Alejandro Kirk second behind Quan and in front of Jose. I mean, honestly, it may I mean Kirk's contact rate is absurd. Yes. Um it, it Kirk honestly fits this team offensively, fits the team better than any player probably available. Mm-hmm. Um like you said, deep, I mean I see so here's my thing. Let's say we get Kirk, right? That to me, I could see us even bringing back a hedges. I know defense isn't great, but bringing him back if he wants to to be a backup. You know what I mean? Until maybe Naylor's ready. But because I don't, who knows what they do? But God, Kirk would look good in this lineup too. He would. He would indeed. Little bowling ball. And then I still think they go out and you know get a a. Uh... A starting pitcher, I think. Yes. You know, you brought up the other day in our group chat. I believe you did in our group <clears> chat <throat> or when we were talking in a party. And you brought up the name of Corey Kluber. Yeah, I mean, why not? Wouldn't that be inter- like him being the fourth or fifth starter in this rotation? I that would I would I like mean, it. I would I would love it. I'm saying you wouldn't have to ask for him to ask for him to do a lot. I would like it a lot. Yeah, you could run him out there for five innings every fifth day if he's your number five starter, and you know you just kind of just kind of go with it. You know what I mean? He probably yeah at most probably six seven million. I mean he's had some injuries. I don't think he's gonna get a ton uh, of money this this off season, and then you know it it'll let you maybe keep a please even though I think please X probably done anyway. Um, on this team, I think they're just kind of tired of him. Yeah, I think he's but worn to, out as welcome a long I, time ago. I think so too, but then you you know, maybe, but you know, you, you never know. I, it'll be interesting to see where what they project their rotation to be, not just with Savali and Plezik, but like is Cody Morris a back end of the bullpen guy or is he a starter? Because I feel like he could be a really good middle of the road middle of the rotation starter yeah you know how close and, uh, how close is gavin williams to being up here or logan t allen i i right. think i think if espino didn't get hurt last season i think he'd i think he'd be a guy to call up in may or, or june but because he was hurt you know you kind of got to build him back up maybe we don't see him until august or september right and that's a that's also two things that's a guy that i could see them putting in a trade package if they did do pitching, just because he's the most unknown out of the, all the prospects, so that makes sense. From yeah, and he, but he definitely also has the highest upside. Hundred so. percent, and that's why I wouldn't give it him because I love the guy. But if they did, I could see him being that guy if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Uh, but and also you got to think of rotation. The other guys that stand out, like another guy like Curry, who came up, he came up one game. He did excellent last year in the minors. I know that one game he came up, he didn't really, he didn't look up amazing. But you got to think if they get him another look. They, we have a lot of interesting names in the rotation who could be here. And like you said, Cody Morris. He did, he's a guy that we all wanted to wait. We all wanted to see the whole season. Get out the DL, came straight to us. And I think he did really well for what we asked him to do. Yeah, I think I would, I'm definitely more intrigued by Curry than somebody like Hunter Gaddis, who I just, yeah, I just don't know if, he, I just don't think he has the stuff to miss bats consistently. But yeah. I know, like, of course, his two starts were against Houston, who just – I absolutely just kill pitching. You know? Right. And the White Sox, who – I mean, they – Such – They like, really his, good or really bad. Yeah, like, historically have always had, like, good power, you know. Right. Even though, like, this year they, they were a little bit, you know, lower. And, you know, they, they weren't hitting the home runs like they were. You know what right. I mean? So, yeah. so yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's it's an exciting time to be, you know, a a Cleveland fan. This this yeah, like we, when's the last time we were actually excited for an offseason? Not like, well, who who, 20, uh, who were training away? Twenty seventeen, or yeah. after twenty sixteen. Yeah. You know, they yeah. they go out, they get Ed, uh, Encarnacion, and but even stuff. that, like, we weren't expecting that. They got him like around like, Christmas. Was it like, yeah, yeah? It was, a, but it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Because he was just sitting there, not signed, and then they're like, "Well, Cleveland might be a factor," and we're all like, "Well, they're probably just asking." You know what I mean, and then next thing we know, it's like Cleveland signs Edwin. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely something. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we'll wrap up this episode, and then in our next episode, we will preview some free agency stuff. We'll have some predictions. We'll go down the list and whatnot. So, uh, Gabe, you want to shout out the Twitter and, and whatnot? Yeah, uh, yep, you can follow me at Yanez Gabe, Y-N-E-Z-G-A-B-E, um, one three. And then you can follow uh, Lead Off Talk at L-E-A-D-O-F-F-T-A-L-K. Awesome. Man, like like we never left. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin O'Sealy. That's Caitlin, K-A-T-L-I-N, knows K-N-O-W-S-C-L-E. And as always, friends, take it easy.